This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. It's a beautiful afternoon. We are live in downtown Toronto at the Zoomerplex. This is Consignment Heroes, and our phone lines are open. You have access to one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada. He has found fame and fortune in understanding the true value of people's items. And whether that be old coins, silver, gold, statues, art, maybe it's a tea set that could be worth a fortune somewhere lurking in your house, an old heirloom. What you can get on this show is free appraisals for today's market, what your most valued possessions might be worth. Again, he's the star of Storage Wars Canada. Paul Kenny, good afternoon. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Yeah, Bogey's nice not weather. here again today, eh? Yeah, where's Bogey this week? He's trying to get a job. He's he's doing everything he can to become a police officer. Really? He wow. wants to protect yours and my wealth. Well, I respect him for that. That's great. <laughs> He'll spend more time on your wealth than mine, I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I should give the phone numbers. If you have an item, maybe it's been handed down through the generations, maybe you've been collecting something for a few decades and you want to know real-time market appraisals of it, this guy knows so much about stuff, it'll blow your mind. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're the co-host. What you get of, to do that. What kind of week did you have? We had a great week. Actually, we sold about uh, $40,000 worth of consigned stuff for people, okay? And I should also mention, just our la- we're having another auction on the last Saturday in May. So okay. if people want to consign things to that, we're going to be setting up for that as well, okay? But this week, we, what we do in the show is we tell stuff people what it's worth, but we also try and tell them how to sell it and mm. get the most for it. It doesn't matter if we give you a pie-in-the-sky price of $10,000, but if for insurance purposes and they say we can only sell for four hundred, right. that doesn't help you. I'm only going to give you $400 You have to it. get the item to the market. Sometimes it means authentication and a proper yeah. appraisal, and then maybe even some guy with a gavel, and you need a bidding war, but you oh, need yeah. to create that environment. Yeah. Well, the difference between a, the auction, even though we're having one, and a consignment is that the customer, the client, the listeners out there get to pick their price of what they want for it. They are going to know exactly what they're going to get for it. Because, like, if we sell a watch, say you sell a watch for $5,000, and then I'm paying you exactly $4,000. We don't have to go to uh, an auction and say, well, suppose only someone bids 2000 Because there was someone in yesterday, they had a watch. Get this. They had a one-ounce gold coin yeah. with a watch inserted into the coin. Oh, I've seen this. I've oh, seen yeah. this before. Yeah. So you're, it's a walking liberty, a half ounce gold watch, right? Oh, there's a full ounce. This was oh, a, it's full a full ounce. ounce. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it's even on the backside. You can see through it. It's clear plastic, right? Oh no, this this or, one was done. That they're the ones done by Corum. This was okay. done by uh, Piaget. Okay. Yep. So, but his concern was if we put into auction, he said, um, "What happens if someone bids five hundred dollars? 
Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the problem with auction. If you don't have two people in the room that want it, it goes for the price. But that's why you put in a reserve, though, no? Sometimes you can put in reserve. Some auction places don't know. It's worth, some people won't know that that watch is worth $6,000. Gotcha. They'll start at $500. I once bought from an, from an auctioneer who actually teaches a course on auctioning. I once bought a silver tea set. It was all made out of sterling, weighed a little over 10 pounds, and they Ooh. said it was too heavy to be sterling. They were wrong. Smart. I was right. <laughs> yeah. I bought it for two hundred dollars. It wow. cost me more money to take the the uh, the monogram off than I than what it cost me for the sterling. And then I sold it. I think I sold it for like four thousand dollars or something at the time. Wow! Wow! But it was one of these cases where people don't know what they have, and no one was bidding. And I mean, they literally well, shiny said, and metal and really heavy. Therefore, it can't be gold or silver, right? That's just logic, right? Oh my goodness! Well, when they said it's too heavy to be sterling, it's silver. I says, "Well, are you aware of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heavy is one of the good things. When I'm looking at something in silver, heavy is one of the things I want. Yes, yes. Which is going. I'm going to actually go through some of the gold and silver prices now, just before we get to take the call. Um, in gold right now, we're paying about 20, 10 karat gram, 10 karat gold, which is not pure gold. Mm-hmm. We're paying about $20 a gram. And we're paying 28 a gram for 14 karat and 36 for 18 karat. And I want people to know this before because they should know, and we will tell them what karat it is. Because some people think gold is gold. It's not like that. You really have to go to an expert. And you can see the difference between 10 karat gold and 18 karat gold is almost double the price. Yeah. So, and... You need someone to tell you that. Look at the marks. We're all getting a little older, some of our clients. We all need a little bit better, those little loop things to see exactly what it is. But we also test out the gold as well. And this is important that I want people to know that if they go to one of these road shows, they can call me. When they get their quote from them, like if you go to one of these traveling road shows that goes into a, a Legion Hall or even or your hotel, local pawn shop, yeah. Yeah. And they give you a price, copy it on my, you can call me live at uh, 647-298-8989 because I can always I will always give someone the price over the phone of what gold and silver is worth at that moment. That's your actual cell phone number, by the way. I'm not even authorized to give out that number. I know, You're giving it up that number? Okay, all right. Strangers no, can have it. That's because nice. Because it's important to me that people don't get ripped off. People see a uh, 75-year-old come in, and they say they don't know anything about this. They want to sell it right away. Right. And it goes back. Yeah, it goes back to my thing. Get two quotes. And if, one, if I'm one of the quotes, I will give you, I'm not afraid of my prices. I will give you the price over the phone and help you. And you, you don't decide, want to even know that strangers are getting ripped off. That's how. Yeah, that's pretty. Nice I don't of you. want them to. It's like I, I hear stories about it. And it's how many times have we said this. You got to get a second quote. Right. Okay. You got to. I had another question. Yeah. Obviously, the Leafs are in pretty much unknown territory, unfamiliar territory for years and years and years. What has that done to uh, Leafs memorabilia? A lot of people are sitting on a stack of stuff. They're going, "Oh man, well tonight's the night. I don't know. Should I sell now? I have these old jerseys, these old collectibles." Uh, you know, I have a George Armstrong autograph. Is now the time? Has there been a surge? There, there are more people asking, but everyone right now, they're now fans. They're back. It's coming back into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. But Leaf fans never die. So the market's always strong. Doesn't matter. We can't. Yeah, we can't invest in the team now. But we, we're actually living in the past all the time. George Armstrong, goalpost Keon, Frankie. These are my heroes. And uh, 
I still buy this. So they're stuff. always commanding big dollars. They're always commanding. Big, You're yeah. listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. Whether you have an antique toy, a sports memorabilia collection, maybe an old piece of advertising, who knows? A record collection. You can get a free assessment of its value right now. Our phone number four one six three six zero zero seven forty. That's four one six three six zero zero seven forty. You also have brought in a very valuable. Oh picture behind we'll talk about that in a minute in the meantime let's go to andrew in toronto well we have the cameras here right we want to show off some goods right now yeah andrew in toronto welcome to consignment heroes you're live on zuma radio how are you today not bad what do you got okay i got um a maryland quarter right from 2000 and what it's got george washington on one side and it's got uh it's a dome i don't know whether it's a washington how or um I can't remember. I don't know what it is. But the one side, the face is right. When you flip it over, it's upside down. Okay. Um, I apologize here. Wouldn't that be normally a sign that it's counterfeit? Isn't that the a dollar? good test? If it fl- You're supposed to be able to take a U.S. dollar, flip it, and it's always right side up, right? So yes. this is a misprint is what he's talking about. Well, it depends. If you flip it this way, it goes one way. If you flip it this way, it you know, goes... Same side up, right? Yeah, same yeah. side up. Yeah, that's the big test, right? Yeah. When people give... Uh, fake gold coins or silver gold coins. They say it's, it's very rare to do that when you, you have uh, a counterfeit. No, no. It's, but this is in 2000, and I, I was wondering if it's a misprint, like it could be a collectible. It could be. Now, did you check it against another dollar, and it is different yes, for sure? absolutely. And they're, they're like, it's a Maryland coin from the United States, okay. right? It's called the Old Line State, right? Yep. Now, this is what is called a, a rotated die, okay? Uh-huh. And now this, the mo- one of the more famous ones of this is the Canada Goose in 1967 in Canada, where uh-huh. they called the Diving Goose because the do- the dies weren't set up right. So if the face is going one way. Oh, I didn't flip know it, that. And if you flip it over, the goose is di- the goose is diving like a 45. Right. We sold one for two thousand dollars. That's and, pretty cool. But yeah, ultimately, now, that that'd be a mistake, though, wouldn't it? But they made enough of them that people collect rotated dies. In, in different, uh, and it happens, like, say, if a 1906 uh, quarter and it's rotated die, I'll usually get triple to quadruple the money that I would get for the normal coin. If you bring it in, I'll take a look at it, and we can check and see if there's other ones like it. If it's solitary by Absolutely. itself, this is a good thing. If there's, if half the run is that way. I've um, never seen anything like it before. Like, I've checked coins, uh, like all United States coins. Like you got George Washington on one side, yep, right, yep. and then you got like uh, um, I guess the White House, you know the the dome, yeah. yeah, and it's upside down. Bring it in if it's what you're saying. Anytime you have an oddity like that, people collect odd stuff. Like if you have a coin that has a clip planchet, you have a uh-huh. coin that's blank on one side and the other side's been stamped, right? Any right. of this or. In some weird cases, you'll have a coin where it has a, uh, a European back on and a Canadian coin because they're both made in the, in, the, in the mint. That's a big right. mistake, yeah. That's a big right. mistake. They go for two, three, four hundred dollars uh, There are people who collect, like in bills, the same thing where um, the signatures are uh, misaligned or uh, it's, like it's miscut. It was upside down, the plane? Yeah. Yeah, anything like that. Um, people collect oddities um, and, and like... In the old days, we used to have quality control at our mint. I should go into the story. But you know the bills, when you see a $1 bill and you've got the serial number, it's yeah. got a little yeah. asterisk yeah. in front of it? Yes. That, Absolutely. That asterisk is a, is a replacement bill. That means somebody in quality control, I can't believe there's someone in the government working in quality control, but someone in quality control of the government 
finds a bad bill, yeah. and then they take it out and they put another bill in as to replace it. That's so the asterisk signifies that it was a replacement bill. And people collect replacement bills because they made a lot less of them. Oh, and, okay. But sometimes they have to make a lot because our mint made a lot of mistakes. But, right. Back to the coin misprint. Yeah. So let me help. Let me understand this. So uh, right now I'm holding up like a, a quarter, a Canadian quarter. Yep. And if I have the, it's you have a caribou. The camera? It's not a moose, right? It's in oh front yeah, of the camera. it's in front of the camera. Sure. <laughs> okay. So if I turn it just right to left between my thumb and my forefinger, it should be completely aligned. The queen's yeah. head should appear perfectly right yes. side up compared to. And the one that you're talking about, in 67, is if I'm on the queen's head and I turn it the other way, the geese are going down. Geese is diving. Gotcha. So okay. it's rotated down. And that makes it more valuable. Yeah. Wow. Well, it depends. Do you think $12 or 2000 Which is higher? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me get my calculator. Okay, okay. I don't have my numbers in front of me. Uh, our next call is going to be Elaine in Ingersoll. You are live on Zoomer Radio. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You got something exciting. Well, <clears throat> something different anyway. It's a, it's a train and caboose. The engine and caboose. It's actually... Uh, it's got a, I don't know how to explain it. It has the bourbon still inside. It's a decanter, but it's... Oh, Jim Beam? It, yes. So it's okay. a Jim Beam train set decanter. Yeah. Well, really, yeah. it's just a container, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. but they made them in different figurals. They'd have uh, uh, historical figures, Daniel Boone. Yeah, uh, you screw off Abe Lincoln's head and you got your whiskey yeah. flask inside. So yeah. this way they get the person who doesn't really like Jim Beam but loves trains... Or the grandmother comes along and buys it for her son, says, I know you like uh, trains, and here you're going to buy this booze, you know. i got to tell you, I like it already. Yeah. Uh, it pro- it's a 100-month-old, <laughs> uh, 90 proof, 700 milli, uh, milligrams, I guess. or Milliliters. Wow, this would burn. <laughs> this has to be real smooth to go down. And it's bottled by James Bean Distilling Company, Claremont Beam, Kentucky. Yeah. Without uh, Jack Daniels is the one that I drink, but uh, Beam is still excellent as well. Um, this is the decanter, train decanter. Yeah, it's called a train decanter. So there it is there. Wish we could show people that are listening on the radio, but this is what you're talking about? It's yeah. a nice piece, sure. What do we those have... go for, give or take? Three... Unopened, I'm sure, much more, right? Yeah, I mean, but it, in my house it wouldn't stay unopened that long because I have Bogart. I always see the little... the. the the, the balls, he doesn't know I'm looking, but I walk by and one minute it's almost full and the next minute it keeps on going down night by night. Uh, probably between Well, I was going to 20... say the passenger cars go between like 15 and 20 on eBay, yeah. so condition will be one thing. If it was unopened, I'm sure it would be a totally different category. But there's a whole series apparently. Yeah. Right? But even the, the, the locomotive, the engine, it's still in that 10 to $20 range in some cases. The problem with this is, and I'm going to lay, it's like this, and like, you know those little miniature bottles, the one-ounce bottles you get from the airport? Yeah. Well, I've had a person, gentleman this week, he's got 500 of them. All right, so tell me how to party. Well, I know, but the thing is, he wants to sell them. And uh, over the years, they will, the, the liquor will evaporate out of them. But you can't sell them across state lines, and this is where part of the problem is. And even your Jim Beam, I don't think it can be sold across state lines. You have to sell it as a decanter, just happens to be full. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you can't advertise that you're selling alcohol. Yeah. Oh, so okay. This is where some we have restrictions on that. Some people do collect it and stuff. So Elaine's got to find a way to drain, drain it first. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's going. It's <laughs> going to be actually how long? Hundred months? That's like eight, nine years. Eight, nine years. Eight and a half years. That's going to be pretty smooth, I guess. Well, she's probably had it for another twenty years on top of that. So yeah, but it, it doesn't age when it's in the decanter. It has to age when it's in the wood. 
Oh, okay. So that like the, Once it's the in barrel the bottle, time is what matters, not yeah, the time on the shelf. The barrel time. But this takes that we had collections this week, and sometimes I can help people. But my way of helping, like, so if you brought this into our store, we'd probably put it into our auction. We could sell it in our auction, or we could consign it that way. Or the person who's got these um, 500 liquor bottles, I'll probably put them in lots of 50 liquor bottles at a time and try and put them out that way. As a novelty sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. There are people who collect, like I told you, I've got one customer who collects, one client who collects spark plugs and fire hydrants. <laughs> And Naturally. Like, and everything in between. So, I mean, there are collectors out there for everything. And that's where we help people. And the people have acquired, have acquired these over the years have to move it out to somebody else. And that's what we do. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. But we should say if you have a rare item, maybe an old heirloom, maybe it's an old piano that's been handed down through the generations. If you'd like a free appraisal of that item or you're looking on advice on maybe you're cleaning at a house and downsizing, this is the show to call. You have access to one of the stars from Storage Wars Canada, Paul Kenny. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. You can also visit the store during the working week. The store is located at at 10,341 Young Street. That's 10,341 Young Street. You can call the store. The number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. This is Consignment Heroes. We're live in downtown Toronto. We'll be right back. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love from scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We're live in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto inside the Zoomer Plex here with Paul Kenny. Back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Mike in Cambridge. And I'm told that Mike on line two in Cambridge has a rare... Gas pump. Those oh, are cool. always hot items. Oh, yeah. Mike, how are you? Not too bad, man. Mike, tell us about this pump. I got a 1926 White Rose gas pump. White Rose is... That's a Frontenac family. White Rose is... Um, is White Rose the, Canadian? Canadian. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's going to be worth an absolute fortune. Yeah. So the sky's the limit. And, you know, you watch shows like American Pickers or even uh, Pawn Stars or one of those types of shows. These are always the Which, biggest ticket... I should mention, which both those shows aren't nearly as good as Storage Wars Canada, but go on. I'm just mentioning in general, because you don't find a lot of 1926 gas pumps, white rose, inside of a storage locker. But these things, the sky is the limit. These are for for people who have nice, uh, maybe a country yard or something. They want to do something special for their garage or their car collection. This is always the choice item. So what do you think it's worth? I mean, what kind of condition? Is it restored? Yeah. 
No, it needs to be restored. Ah, now that's what comes down. How much restoration? Is the globe in good shape? It's got a globe at the top, right? Uh, it definitely has a globe on top. And how's, and the what's the shape of the globe? Globe's about worth. 10 feet tall. But the globe itself with the advertising on it, that's where the money is, correct? Because you can buy them aftermarket, but it really diminishes the value of these. I actually have four or five customers for these. Uh, the gas pump. I'd actually have to see a picture, see what kind of restoration, see the condition of the globe. Uh, they're very collectible. The Canadians are very collectible. You've got a 10-foot-high one, so that's there's a lot of basements we're not putting this in. Uh, it's got to be outside. It's got to be – you have to have the right room for putting it in. Um, I'd have to see – I'm sorry. I'd have to see the condition. This is where the range is 1,000 to 10,000. You know yeah, what I, mean? I was going to say that uh, a good example of this would be, Mike, if you came to the Zoomerplex right now and we said you were selling it in the parking lot, I bet you the lot would be half full by the end of the show because there would be that many oh, people yeah. to people want, just it. want yeah. to see it. So finding the right market where you can have people bid up the price is probably going to be your sec- you, the secret to success here. But there are, there are hundreds of guys listening right now going, I'd love to have that in my yard. What other gas stuff do you have? Just the gas pump? It's, I've got, uh, yeah, the white rose. It's just a gas pump, yeah. It's, okay, and it's okay. all original. If it's all original, that's good because someone like to have them just all original. But it all depends on how it looks. i got to see a picture here, Mike. Um, and you can send it through to my store, which is at sales at torontogoldsilver.com, and I'll look at it first thing tomorrow morning when I'm in there. And I'll uh, email you back. That'll be an exciting sale. Oh, yeah. And so, Mike, just so you're clear, you actually send the email to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Um, yeah. Sales at torontogoldsilver.com. We'll actually put you on uh, on hold. We'll let Sebastian Hearn take your info because you could have a very exciting sale if, yeah. you, if you wanted to put this thing on the blog. That's for sure. There'll be so many people looking to grab at that. Yeah. Uh, Jane in Toronto is our next caller. Jane, welcome to Consignment Heroes. Thank you. What do you got? Um, I have. I was a Mad Hockey fan when I was uh, a teenager. You must be a Leaf fan. 1967, Frank Mahalovich's hockey stick from yep. the year they won the uh, Stanley Cup the last time, and it's signed by uh, pretty much the entire team in ballpoint pen because they. I'm not even sure Sharpies existed then. No. Um, now it's all signed on one side in ink. Yes. Uh, Horton is there. Is Armstrong and Plant there? Uh, I mean. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, I dug it okay. out of my closet. I don't even know. Um, well, you're saying Armstrong is always the rarest, Frank right? Mahovlich, uh I mean, it just goes right up the shaft. Yeah, I'd have to see it, but the Horton's the biggie on there. Uh, Imlac as well, if he signed it. Okay. Uh, but here it is, because it's a gamer stick. If you can photo match it, was it used in Game 7? Or was it just u- game used? Or was it just a stick from him? I have no idea. See, now that's where... Somebody knows. Somebody can tell you. I know this stuff. I can actually photo match. i got to see the tape on it, tape on the blade, see how he tapes it on the knob. There's, uh, there's no tape on the blade. There's tape around the shop. There's, you know, blue uh, and gold striped tape or something. Okay, I like to tape. see, because if it's a gamer, uh-huh. and if we can match it to game seven, because that's such a game. It's like uh, uh, Team Canada 72 in Russia, uh, 67 Leafs. These are, I, everyone wants this stuff. But as a normal stick, because at the end of the season, the sticks are no good. Yeah. So the Leafs actually gave them away to people, and they would sign them off. Really? Oh, yeah, because you can't use them. They go brittle. You oh. Can't use them. The Leafs would not. They're, they're, they didn't have the, carbon fiber back then? No, please. <laughs> the so Leafs, that's it. So they said, say they had an inventory of 300 sticks at the end of the season. That's it? They were Kindling? all signed up. They wow. Would take, now, here's what they did. They took back your sweaters. 
if a player like Bobby Pulford came in, he'd have to give away all his sweaters, put them back in the put them in a in a big barrel in the corner of the room, and they would hand them down to the um, St. Mike's, or they would use them next year. And that's why the sweaters are so hard. Like if you had a '67 sweater, fifteen thousand wow. for nobodies. A Timmy Horton is probably worth forty. Okay, wow. that's forty thousand cash money and be, and be easy to sell. Sticks probably worth if it's a gamer by Frank. Twelve to fifteen hundred. If it's just a regular stick, it's going to be worth four to six hundred. What if it has some of those rarer autographs, the Keon or the Armstrong on? Keon's that... still alive. No, no, no. But I'm saying, it's... but signed back then, it does add value. You're always yeah. saying well, the Armstrong autograph's the hardest one yeah. to get your hands yeah. on, right? Well, no, Timmy's the hardest one now. Now, so, yes, of course, yeah. So, so somewhere <laughs> over a thousand dollars this stick, and yeah. maybe much more if you get yeah. your eyes on it. You can actually say this was game used or not. And this is something you'd probably want to put in auction, or you want to use in consignment. Uh, it's a nice item. It's a nice item. They're hard to ship, though. Sticks are always hard to ship. I'd love to see because Frankie was Frank Mavis was my one of my favorites when I was a kid. He was my favorite. He was my favorite. It's interesting. A neighbor uh, where the Lindrises and yep. uh, Eric was over one day, and I showed him the stick, and he was amazed at how much it had changed. Oh, the sticks. really the actual, the actual designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Eric. You know, going back to the story, I made the um, uh, the first cards of Eric Lindros were made by me. What do you mean made by you? Oh, I, seventh inning sketch. I made those cards. Really? I, I have the one that was withdrawn. I have three of them. Yeah, that was the police one that was out in Oshawa. Yeah. And I made them. We were the first company besides Opeachy and Tops to make hockey cards. This is before Upper Deck and all this happened. Wow. And we made them in 1989. Uh, Lindros was in there. We made seven OHL team sets. Yeah. And these are the ones with the yellow backs. And we also did the Memorial Cup. But that's just that's a side story. Because I go I didn't back, know that. Okay, cool. I go back in cards a long. I had the first card shop in Canada. You did in 1979. Yes. Wow. This goes back. I know my cards. I love my cards. Just can't make much money on them. Cards, comics, and the collectibles. But I also do the other stuff. But this stick, I'd love to see it. But I got the feeling the way you're talking about Frankie here that uh, I'm not going to pry this stick out of your hands, am I? Is it for <laughs> sale, Jane? Probably not. But, uh, uh, you know, I'd love you to see it. I, I, it can't have been a game stick because the blade isn't wrapped. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's might have been at the end of the season. But yeah. come on in, and uh, there might be some stuff in my store. You know, we do sell stuff, too. <laughs> and I've got programs from the 67 uh, Leafs, and I have stuff like that. So come on in and see me. Okay. Jane in Toronto, thank you for your phone call. The store, by the way, if you do want a firm number and get some expert eyes on it, the store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. That's 10,341 Young Street. Our next caller is Bruce in Oakville. He's going to try to sell oh. you some of his old groceries or something like what? that. Yeah, Bruce, what's going on? Hi, guys. Uh, I have a Darren Flutie limited edition collector's box. The cereal inside expires November 13th, 1999. Nice. <laughs> I know which time. It's about $10. Flutie just didn't. Uh, it's probably $10 to $15 it would sell for. Uh, they made a lot of them. Um, and they were collected. A lot of people. And people a lot collected. Of sport, them. A lot of sports Having fans a have full these. one, I'm going to give you some personal advice. Don't eat the cereal. Uh, just, just type of guy I am. I'm full of information today. Uh, but yeah, ten to fifteen dollars, and because they they take up a lot of room, it's just kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's neat. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. And it's on one's... the back of the box is a Flutie Flakes T-shirt offer. Okay. <laughs> so, 
It says, uh, be the first to have your own limited edition Flutie Flakes T-shirt available only through this offer. Yeah. It was thirteen ninety five yep. plus shipping and handling to buy a T-shirt. <laughs> That's got to be worth something. Well, that, the you know, T-shirt. The yeah, T-shirt yeah, might be worth more than the box because... No doubt. You'd had to order it. It was you a special order. order thing, yeah. Yeah. Like we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the old uh, Jello coins. We had to send in a whole quarter to get the rack or to get the book. So no one at that time, a quarter was a lot of money for a kid. So nobody did it. So there's a lot right. less of them out there. And going back, there's been a long history of, uh, of uh, hockey and football players and, on the ba- and baseball players on the backs of cereal boxes. You can go back to the 60s where they're worth between 50 to to $100 each. They were on the back of Czech cereal. Cool. And they were on the back of Wheaties cereal. Of course, yeah. You know, and all, anything that's food-related, like, you know, the old hockey marbles, the whole the, the Jell-O coins, anything that was given away in the cereal, and because they didn't have to pay the same rights back then, a lot of that stuff is collectible today. So Bruce has got a box of so-called Flutie Flakes. Flakes. And although it has some value, there are many of them, so it doesn't command a huge dollar. But well, it's nice to have in your rec room or something like that. Yeah. There are less people collecting Flutie today than there was back then. Well, of course, yeah. Like, Our next caller is going to be Cindy, and Cindy's calling from Brampton. Cindy, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Hey, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. I have an old Westinghouse, but it says Weston. I think it was Weston before it was Westinghouse. And meter in an enclosed box that was manufactured in 1952. An ammeter. I was going to ask you the same thing. What is that? It tests the AC-DC current in something. You mean like a multimeter? Yeah, like a multimeter. Oh. But it was one of the original ones that was made. It was made August 15th, 1952. In an enclosed box. Okay, so old tools, so okay. I'm interested right away. Do you? Is there a market no, for that? it's 134, and 34 minutes into the show, and now I'm stumped. I always mark the, <laughs> when I get stumped for the first time Vintage in the show. Vintage tools, man, Sorry. an old multimeter. <laughs> now, here's this case where it's probably cool. It may look good on the wall, but for everything, there's no sense having two of something if there's only one collector in the world. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know how many people collect these. Does it look good? Oh, it's beautiful. It's in a wood box, fully enclosed. Um, it's probably in a case, so it closes, has its own latch, its own handle. Yeah, yeah. It's probably 12 inches long and probably 6 inches in depth yes. and width. Stainless steel or copper or brass? It's, it's in a wood box, and then when you open it, on one side is the ammeter, and on the other side is a printed paper that shows it was made by Weston Electrical in Newark, New Jersey. Okay, cool. It was dated and certified August 15th, 1952. And so does it have two little needles or anything attached to it to actually test a wire? No, it has the buttons. Oh, okay. I see yeah, what you're saying. old buttons. This would be kind of cool, but it'd probably be 50 to to $100. Just if I had in the store, I'd put it out. Yeah, it'd right. probably look cool. You know? yeah. And just for how it looks, like this week I picked up an old Admiral Pink TV. Someone brought one in from 1967. Oh, okay. You can't get a signal on it anymore. You can't get a station. Right. But it looks cool. Yeah. And someone's going to buy that, or I might donate it to the museum here. Someone's going to buy that and um, put it in their house and never turn it on. I mean, the power still goes through, but you can't get anything. So something like that would just look good on a wall, you know. So as a novelty, yeah, there's not not a firm market that you can point to. But you're saying in general, if it's some cool old tool with... You know, some nice branding on it. it looks the part. It's going to sell just because somebody wants it as a as a wall 
piece yeah. or something like that. Yeah. If I look up Ammeter Collectors Clubs of America, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How oh, many my there's... registration expired. I'm not a fan anymore. Okay. Cindy, thank you so much. Thank you. You've got something there. Yeah. I'd love to see it is what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. Uh, but you can sh- be sure some master electrician who's listening right now goes, you know what? I'd love to have that. I've done it. You know, I did 30 years of electrician. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joan in Mississauga is our next caller. Joan, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Uh, Thank you. What do you got? um, I have a sort of a collection of uh, maple leaf shirts. And uh, some of them I don't recognize. I think they must be kind of old because this one is navy blue. It's a a long shirt and it's got the uh, white stripes on the... Are they made out of wool, or is it still? It, do you have no, me the wool I, ones? Well, it's a, a NHL one. Okay. It's, um, it's uh, I don't. See, it's made of cotton. Cotton. Okay. Yeah. Depending on what you have, because some of the ones that are like the kids ones out of the sixties mm. go for seventy five, eighty dollars. Okay. You know, if you have one that's give from, it would be great if it came from a player, like we we're talking before. Mm. That would be fantastic. But well, um, I have one from. Uh, uh, the old, the old times hockey. Old timers. There's a lot of those out there because they give them away at the end of each game. The, well, I have Clark's anyway. Wendell's. Yeah. Do you sign it? Uh, I don't think so. Ah, uh, probably if it's signed, Wendell Clark would probably be worth about a hundred dollars. Okay. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. People collect Leafs. There are a lot of diehard fans out there, and we're starting to come alive again with this team. How's that? Well, I like it. I even like Clark. Uh, I always liked him. But Gentlemen. I, I have this, this other one I can't figure out. Uh, it's white, and it's a maple leaf, Toronto maple leaves, and um, it's made by Waves. I, I don't, and it's got, it's the whole thing. It's yeah, like, probably best to bring them down. If you've got a bunch of them, bring them down to my shop. I'll see which ones are issued by the uh, authorized dealers. And if you've got like a mascot or if you've got some of the old knits, um, they can be worth money. People collect this kind of stuff. How's that? The T-shirts? Yeah. They have a lot of T-shirts. Well, it's mainly the shirts they would use. But sometimes, you know, do you know what's actually collectible? And you're saying about the hockey is, you know, the old T-shirts you went from uh, concert tours? Yeah. They go for money. If you had those out of the 60s. Like if you had one from the Rolling Stones 1967 tour or something like that. Probably worth a hundred, two hundred dollars. Even before like licensing and logos oh, weren't that, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. If it's if it's genuine older stuff, but I'd like to see these. You can bring them into our store, and like just because we're called Toronto Gold Silver, I deal in other stuff. I like the other stuff, but we do sell gold and silver, which I should plug right now, that because we do have gold bars. Do some heavy lifting, yeah. Joan, thanks for your phone call. Thank you. We have gold bars in our stop, shop, okay, and silver bars. And the reason I mention this is people don't know. I want to explain this. The price of silver goes up and down. But the premium is what people should pay attention to. Like if you're buying a silver maple and it's costing you $24 plus $5 premium for $29, mm. you're paying a lot. In our store, we always only charge $3.50. If you're buying monster boxes, it's even a little bit less. So I like we'd say my store is on Young Street in Richmond Hill. I am... Just south of the wall, on the other side of the wall, there's another big coin shop that sells the exact same stuff I do for a dollar more per ounce. That doesn't seem like that a lot. That adds up. But if you're buying 500 ounces, that's $500 that could be in your pocket. And the same thing with gold. 
We're selling for $50 over, and he's selling for $70 over. That's $20 per ounce. Just because you pay more for gold doesn't make it worth more. So I tell people that they should, like, there's a lot of people out there who want to give gold or silver to their nephews or their nieces or their grandkids and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with buying gold and silver. Don't buy the stuff that the collector coins that you see at the Royal Canadian Mint and the post office and that stuff. If you're going to buy them stuff, you want something that's going to maintain its value, buy real gold, 999 bars, and you can buy them from the Royal Canadian Mint, but don't buy the fancy stuff where you buy a quarter of an ounce for $80. Yeah. You are just their grandkids won't even make a profit on it. All the energy went into the cougar's face that is emblazoned yeah. on it as opposed no. to the content of the metal. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Keep your premium as low as possible. And this is why I'm, I, I kind of tell this to people. They think, oh, this is going to be a collector coin. And the mint says it's going to be rare. And he says, no, they're only making 25000 right. There's only 5,000 collectors in the entire world. <laughs> and they're, they're, they sell for $199. And then they come back in the shop. And what can I get for this? And I say, well, you can get uh, $46. That's and, the content of the gold or silver inside. And they'll yeah. say, yeah, and they'll say, well, that's more than the other guy who sold it to me will pay me. But, you know, but that's uh, that's how we do it. Speaking of gold, we yeah. now, we ha- here at the Zoomerplex, the Zoomer Radio Studios, we're now outfitted with cameras. There's cameras yeah. staring at you from every which angle. Uh, you can log on to our, our uh, website. Just go to Zoomer Radio. You'll find it all there. Uh, you're going to show off on one of the cameras. This is a very oh. rare piece of art. This is what we picked up. This is. Are you holding it in front of the camera? I don't know. I'm yeah. holding it in front of the mic. I guess that's not a good idea. Eh? I can't see what they're seeing. But tell <laughs> us about know. this. You, what you have is a it's a it's yeah. a picture, but it's all emblazoned in yeah. gold. This, this is, is a, a gold picture. It's a Russian icon. This is probably from about 1780, 1800. Oh, yeah. I sorry. This is a Russian icon. Now you're ruining my picture. You know, we're not very good at this, are we? This camera Well, the thing. cameras we're, are just there. Here, why don't I hold it? Yeah. Okay. We're good radio people. We're not good TV Look people. No. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if it's the camera on me. We'll see when the red light comes on when I start talking. That's the picture there. So it's, yeah. it's Mary and Jesus. Jesus and this is all Actual gold. gold. Yeah. Actual real gold. gold the whole way. What does this sell for, by the way? That'll probably be between eight and $11,000. Where did you find this thing? That came out of Austria. I just found it. I forgot about it. Oh, this is from the Austrian trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they just had gold paintings on the wall in Austria. Yeah, no, no. This It was a great... We have a lot of stuff in our store like that. But... So there you go. It's a piece of art, and it's going to hold its value because it's, it's made of gold. I mean, that's insane. But we will be selling this with, like, our consignment items. We'll be setting the price on it. I, do, I can't afford to have that go for $500. No, it's a really, no. really, really nice item. Yeah, a gold pitcher is a pretty nice item to own, yes. Our next caller is going to be Christine in Welland. Christine, how are you? Hi, very well. How are you, gentlemen? Not bad. What have you got? Well, I have a 19th century French uh, painting uh, by an artist uh, named A. Fleurin. I cannot find anything on this artist. The name of the uh, portrait or the painting is called Return of the Fisherman. Hmm. And um, it's on a very interesting uh, backing. Um, When you turn it around, um, it has New York stamped across the bottom. And at the top, it's a little hard to read, but it looks like uh, it says Pared. Okay, it depends on... They show. And it looks like this... Painting had hung in a uh, art gallery in Toronto uh, a while ago called the Carroll Gallery. Okay. And anyways, I'm wondering um, 
are you aware of this artist? I'm not, but I can find out. But next week we might even have, I think next week or the week after, we're going to have an art expert in here for about 15 minutes to answer Uh some questions on this. And he'll go and talk about things I'm going to say today. Uh The place it hung and the person who framed it is almost as important sometimes as the artist. Uh Is that right? Oh, yeah. Uh Because... And especially who liked it matters. Who wow. liked it matters. Wow. And um, but it, if if it's not if you can't find the artist, I mean it's not we'll call a non-listed artist. So now it's just going to be if someone thinks it's pretty enough to put on their wall rather than wallpaper. Well, it looks like the gallery might have uh, did a comparison of three of two other artists, uh, and they okay. put this on the back of it and. One one was Albert Flam, which is very uh, yeah. prominent, and uh, Francois Fleury. So Fleury, okay, okay. So yeah, here. Those okay, are so next week, an picture. art expert is. I'm on. going to try and have you next week or the week after. I have to bring him in because I keep on saying we get art questions. Uh-huh. I want to get better answers for them because he comes into our store once a week. If people make appointments, he'll come in on like I think Wednesday or Thursday during the week. Uh-huh. He'll bring in art, and we people will call, and I'll say bring it in. He'll look at it in person. We can actually come up with a price then and what to do with it. Because some things we have to do more work with it. Yeah. Some things we'll have to send off. Some things we'll, well have to verify. it's local stuff. It might be one-off. For all we know, this yeah. Flurman guy or whatever, he did one painting, everyone loved it, and then he was hit by a bus. We don't know. We, we don't have a story because it might not be documented, especially if it was just a local artist, right? Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Hearn's going to gather up your information so that yeah. we'll put Christine in Welland as the top of the list when we have yeah. an art expert in. And he's a local guy? Oh, yeah. no, oh, this, okay. He, I, I'm amazed. He knows as much about that as I do about sports stuff. I'll look at something from across the room and know exactly what it is. He'll walk in the room and say, oh, Canadian, this guy, blah, 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 blah. And he's right. And from that? 45 feet away. And I, you know. How about that? Like, I don't know everything, but I know people who know everything. <laughs> You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live in Liberty Village taking your calls on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. If you have a question about an item that you own and you'd like a free appraisal, maybe it's an old coin, maybe it's a comic book collection, maybe it's an old piece of furniture, you know, who knows what it could be. Pinball machine collection. We've yeah. had stranger things. I have, I've That's been collecting road pylons. I want you to tell me what they're worth. Uh, you can call 416-360-0740. We'll be right back. Okay. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Place over a hundred vendors under one antique roof, all competing to give you the best deal. What do you think happens? Southworks Antiques in Cambridge, all 30,000 square feet of it, selling antiques, collectibles, and the kind of neat stuff that Paul and Bogart love so much, they've been one of those hundred vendors for 20 years. Passing through Cambridge? Stop by Southworks Antiques on Grand Avenue and help yourself to free parking. You're going to be here a while. Southworksantiques.com. Let's make a deal. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. I'm Ben Mercer in studio with Paul Kenny, one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada. He's found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, seeing the value that others overlook. Do you have an overlooked valuable item? You can call in right now for a free assessment, 416-360-0740. Our next caller is going to be Bruce in Oakville. Bruce, how are you? Hi, guys. I'm back. He's back. 
Okay. I have a, I have a 1920 Liberty Quarter. Okay. Just but, wondering what's what's it worth to anybody? Yeah, 20's not a big year. It's like going to be around uh, $10. Depending on condition. Everything comes with coins. It's either going to be the melt, the silver value, or it's going to be the condition. <coughs> but either way, on a quarter, that's a pretty decent return, right? Got an old quarter. It's worth 10 bucks. Yeah. You're looking good. We tell people bring in, um, like, everything pre-1966, and I do this every week, is that we're paying around $12, a little bit more than 12 no, $13, Per dollar. So if you have $100 in Canadian quarters, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you $1,300. Tell the people how else they can detect if their coins are silver or steel. The magnet test, right? Ma- magnet works on some stuff. Take the magnet. If you think it's fake silver or what you don't know what it is, hold a magnet. If it magnetizes, it's not gold or silver. No. Right? Both of them. Ferrous and non-ferrous metal? Yeah. No. Is that what ne- I'm talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. No, because I know the magnet test. The magnet will work because a lot of our coins are made on nickel, and they'll pick them up right away. Right. In 1968, half for silver, half for not. I just run a magnet over it, it pulls all those nickel ones out, and then I'm left with the silver ones. But everything before 1966 is silver. Now, a minute ago, we were just talking, I should mention, Southworks, we just heard the ad there. And for every, antiques, yeah, Southworks. Yeah, and I'm, they're down in uh, Cambridge. And it is a great place. On a day like today, it's worth the trip to Southworks. And they're about to do some major changes there. So people should go and see that. You can see all the stuff we talk about on this show, or not half the stuff. You're not going to find gas pumps there. But half the stuff you see that we talk about here, you can see there. Okay, mm. And I have, a, I have two booths there. I just brought a bunch of records in and some furniture and stuff like that. And I have booths there, and I've been there for 20 years, and they've always been really good to me. Okay, But and I see the customers come. They do stuff for movie sets. They do stuff for uh, people who are out. They got a new house, and you don't want to spend all the money at uh, some of these big box stores. Yeah. Buy an antique because after you buy it and you use it for five years and you sell it again, you're going to get most of your money back. Gotcha. Unless you overpay for it, you know. But Southworks has got furniture, tchotchkes, coins, a lot, like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about there. Yeah. And they're in Cambridge, and it's in um, right downtown Cambridge on yeah. 64. Uh-oh. I know where it is. <laughs> Google Southworks Cambridge. You'll get there. Google but, of course, South- I have a dream for this show. Yeah. We have a big, beautiful, empty parking lot here at the beautiful Zoomerplex. It's vacant after the show. Yeah. My dream is a Zoomer radio flea market on Sundays. Here at the station. I'm in. Oh, no, well, no, 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 a... no, no, no. I'm the idea guy. You're supposed to execute, and then you oh. build, you and erect a gold statue to me when it's all done and it's this big success. No, no, what you just I said... have to do the legwork? I'm envisioning we play the radio, the music out there all afternoon, hot dogs, popcorn, not okay. clowns or anything like that, but booths and tables of antiques. Why not? It's just a giant empty parking lot. You're talking like me and Bogart. I'm the idea guy and he's the work. We can't you just all said you're be the idea I- guy. We can't all. Somebody's got to do some organizing here. So you want me to I do I called it. I'm idea guy. Zoomer, Zoomer flea market every Sunday or maybe twice a month. Can we vote on this? I no. haven't asked anyone for permission, by the way. Forget I said anything. Our next okay. caller, by the way, is Janine in North York. Janine. Hi. What are your thoughts on a Zoomer radio uh, flea market swap meet on Sundays here in Liberty Village? The community would love it. Great, I don't have to travel to Cambridge. There you go. That's not bad. You just... but I do have to go to downtown Toronto, which I do not like. <laughs> All right. Well, we drag you down Wait with some interesting on, items. But we're on this side of that traffic jam. I have a question for people out there because I don't go downtown now mm-hmm. while they're taking this 
the the Young Street um, exit ramp off the QEW. Mm. Does anyone know if they work on midnights? Are they working around the clock on that, or are they just working from eight o'clock in the morning to five nonstop? Are they working nonstop? Well, but in many cases, even if they're only working eight hours a day, it's not going to suddenly open. Road work when it happens downtown, it's like. They'll leave the pylons there for four days while they're not working on it. Well, I'm telling John Tory, if they're not working 24 hours on this, because this is the biggest congestion, everyone's going downtown, yeah. businesses are complaining. The DVP shut down this weekend. Yeah. I know, but they should be working on this stupid demolition 24 hours a day. <laughs> I don't care. I, I think there's other, if they're not, people can tell me, so they may yeah. call up and say, Paul, they are. Yes. But if they're not, yes. other people should be as mad as me because. I hear you. Have you gone downtown? Well, you live in Etobicoke. Have yeah. I gone downtown? I say every week on the radio, I think I need to be treated for PTSD from traffic shock. The traffic in the city is so terrible. Yes. When you do a million of those red-faced rants you just did about get to work on the roads, like okay. eventually you just you start to shake when you're behind the wheel and you've been in traffic for two hours. You go, I'm only trying to go 10 blocks. This is unbelievable. Okay. I know. Okay. okay. So, All right, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. So Who are we I'll talking? shut up about the flea market and traffic in Toronto. Janine, sorry, take it away. Hi. It's sort of a general question. I, I have a, a floor lamp that yep. I believe is Art Deco Okay. Uh, that I bought 20 years ago. Uh, but um, it needs to be refurbished. And my question is, um, how do you distinguish? Because I think there's different types of, it's a metal lamp, and it, it, it's really beautiful. Um, it has little ash trays that you take out that sit on a tray that is attached about a third of the way up. Um, like, I, I, how it might do have been you a distinguish lobby the different yeah. metal? Is it metal? It is metal, right? Yeah, there's different, it, it, and it appears that there's uh, at least two types of metal on it. This is good. Mixed metal is a little bit better if it's going to be Art Deco. It depends on the design on the base. Um, is it how, is the way 20, how substantial is it? It's not a bridge lamp then. It's a floor lamp. Floor I, I, lamp. And yeah. it's six foot high? Nice uh, shade? Uh, not quite. About five, five feet. Okay. Um, I don't have like any uh, like um, I don't have the shade or anything on it. It has um, a place for two light bulbs that you can swivel. Okay, don't fix it. Don't spend any money fixing it. Bring it in as is. Let the experts do it that way. You're not. Gonna, you might put fifty dollars into it, and the and the person will give you off you thirty for the lamp. Sell it as is. Unless the expert says no. If you put fifty dollars in, you should have a five hundred dollar lamp. But sometimes it's like. Why put $500 into a car and you have a $500 car? Don't well, do it. Well, you could make the wrong choice, too. Make you might not choice. know the market where it's going to end up. Yeah. Actually, I'm just thinking... Keeping it? Yeah. Well, then find out what it's worth before you put the money into it, okay? This is solid advice. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. Okay. Uh, Robert in North York is our next caller. Robert, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Hi. I've got a clay coin dated 1800 B.C. Clay? Clay. It's got two elephants playing a chariot on one side and a knight's head on the other. Now, I, I know that this, you know, you're on the phone, you don't see it, but yeah. did you ballpark something like that? No, but I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes a coin out of 100 years ago is worth more than one from 2,000 years ago. Because okay. a lot of them are dug and stuff like that, and there's not as many. It comes down to collecting. Well, it's like Roman coins. You go, like oh, this it's thousands of years old. Yeah. You go, yeah, and there's thousands of them out there. Yeah, yeah I just sold a 1948 silver dollar. This week, and it sold for fourteen hundred dollars. And because there are collectors out there, and they made thirty-five thousand of them. So this one, I have to see. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Not an instant success necessarily, right? Old Roman. No, coins no. Or... But it being clay, that's unusual. Usually, did it out of metal. You know. 
Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's different it. eras, right? They water down the currency more and more. They use different items, those sorts of things. Might be a metal. Beverly in Ancaster. Beverly in beautiful Ancaster. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you today? Good. What do you have? I have a baseball signed by all of the players on the uh, Cincinnati Reds when they won the uh, World Series, I think it was in 1970. 76? 76. Big Red Machine, I think 74, 76. They had the, that team had the worst pitching staff in the world, but they had the best hitting staff in the world. Well, maybe yep. that's the year it was. I'm not sure because I also have a pennant of the whole with of that uh, of the Reds and a Big picture, Red Machine. A picture on it of the whole team in 1970. Now I also have the the uh, souvenir book that uh, the opening uh, souvenir magazine of the stadium when it changed from. 1869 to 1970, they opened the new stadium, and I have the magazine. Oh, it might be a World Series well. ball. Sorry, okay, I excuse you. It might be 1970, but 1975 is the World Series year, It's the right? World yeah. Series. That's Cesar Geronimo, uh, George Foster, Pete Rose, Ken uh, Joey Morgan, yeah. Kenny Griffin Sr. Um, a 70 ball, not being a World Series ball, probably $100, $150. A pennant's probably going to be, for one-year pennant like that, probably between 20 and $40. Uh, people uh-huh. do collect the pennants. Um, okay, but, but it's got the picture on it, too, of the whole team. That might that might add another $10 because most of the pennants will be made like that because, remember, okay. they're going to be sold at it's the It's a bar. package deal. It's a package saying, yeah. deal, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, older pennants are worth money. Like, uh, again, we go back to the Leafs. I can get $100 for a Leaf pennant. But, but you think that baseball is only worth 4 I'd have to see. It depends on who's on it. I've got to see who the autographs are, make sure it's okay. complete. Yeah, um, if it's authentic Pete Rose, then, yeah. yeah. He's still alive. Pete Rose is definitely still. on it. He yeah. <laughs> has the most uh, prominent signature on here. Well, that sounds like Pete Rose. Uh, okay, yeah. That's him. That was before he was Hit King. Bring it into my shop. I will come up with an exact value at the time. I'll be able to nail it down between $10 and $20 for you. Okay? Because it'll have yeah, an exact value. Okay. Give me the address again. 10,341 Young um, on... Just south of the beer store and the big wall, and just north of Major Mac. Everyone knows the beer store. Bogart always says, don't use that as a reference, right? You want to use something more fanciful. But just north of Major Mac on, on Young Street in Richmond I'm gonna, Hill. I'm going to do a poll this week, and I'm going to ask people if they, if they want me to use the beer store or not. Okay, well, okay. that one, I guess, might stick out visually. Okay. Uh, you've been listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We should point out that um, your questions can always continue during the week. You have access to Paul Kenny through his store. As we were just talking about, the, the store is located on Young Street yep. in Richmond Hill. The address is 10,341 Young Street. That's 10341 Young Street. The store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. And because you're a nice guy, you also give your personal number in case someone has an on-the-spot yes. question. They go, I just got a quote. I'm buying some gold, silver. I'm selling something. What do you think I should ask for this? What is the emergency number, to, the bat phone number to get Paul Six Kenny? 647-248-2989. So people can just harass you any time of day and yeah. night. Look at you. What a nice guy. See everyone next week, eh? Enjoy. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air.
and The Garden Show.